the gist. Innovate, scale, succeed. Hey, Jacinda, how are you? I'm great, Lee. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. A little cold, colder than I'd like to be, to be honest, being here in Johannesburg, but all is well. All is well. I, I hear you. Me and my heat have become best friends. I'm literally like sitting right on top of it. <laughs> it's kind of crucial. It's kind of crucial. No, but I think it's really important to sort of just check on your friends during this panorama, man. Like I, everyone's going through the most and lots of people are away from home. So make sure they're, they're nice and warm. Make sure that they're not too lonely and make sure they're also listening to the gist, obviously. 1000% agree. And even if the friend doesn't respond to your message, just still, still message them because I think you're right. Everyone is just going through the most and just taking it one day at a time. That's all we really can do right now. Very much agreed. So yeah, we've kind of really enjoyed being here with you guys. Um, and I think we're going to take, you know, a little bit of a, do a little bit of a gear change. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken to some really great guys, um, you know, both Josh and Jahil, I think are... Incredible. J&J. J&J. And not like the vaccine. But, but not planned, but also, <laughs> I'm completely supportive of this, actually. I think we, we, just, we just had it in our sights. Vaccinations. Give us vaccinations. Hint, hint, the 35 to 49-year-olds who can go and get vaccinated. J&J, we had it first here. <laughs> Uh, if the South African government is listening, we would like to get vaccinated as well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, but I mean, you're right. So changing gears. I mean, I think we we really have, you know, ch- chatted to some great, great guys who have been building and inspiring, you know, really great, really great innovation. Um, but they're men, B. And I think it's time to hear from a woman. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. I mean, woman does know best, no? I mean, I think does know best, yes, but also, you know, approaches entrepreneurship very differently. And so it would be really cool to hear from a woman's perspective to see how, how do you navigate the space? How do you get started? How do you find a partner? How do you take your idea from something where, you know, we as women, I think, tend to overanalyze and overthink and it's got to be perfect before we take that first step whereas men don't do that they're like we'll figure it out as we go along and for better or worse I think you need both and so it'd be really cool to hear from a different perspective no definitely I think you know we always we always talk about this about how women are the backbone of a lot of societies Um, if you give a woman a dollar they're more likely to stretch it a bit further than a man will but you don't really see as many leaders and as many uh, CEOs of companies or founders that are women. And so it's quite important to have this conversation to highlight some of the, the people who are actually doing it, one. But also talking to some of these women, I even get goosebumps because I'm like, actually, you know, you're so amazing. Why aren't there more of you doing this? I completely agree with you. And and more rare are the ones who are, um, you know, business leaders or entrepreneurs and then their wives and then their moms. And then it's like, can you have it all? Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe there is a way maybe. to balance We it hope out. so. And, and we want to see more of those because it makes it, I guess it's difficult to imagine what you can't see. Um, and the more women we see kind of stepping up and showing us that you can do, you can have everything in 
maybe not an equal measure, but you can have everything. That's, that's an exciting thing to be able to, to see. No, I completely agree. And I think the other reason it's really important is to sort of just have more, have more female founders on the podcast and highlight them a bit more is that we, are, we often don't talk about this and you go, you know, we're all on equal footing, but being a female leader is, is drastically different from being a male leader, be it in the workplace, be it in the entrepreneurial realm. There's a lot of other things that you have to consider, but there's also a lot more things that are sort of actually expected of you you're expected to be a bit softer you're expected to sort of mother people around you you know the gentle female touch and these are things people don't even talk about ever (laughs) because they just assume you're on all on equal footing and the truth is really you're not you're all kind of judged very differently but also the expectations from the environment you're in are very very different so we're really really excited about having um our next guest on the podcast because i think you know, she gives a really good view of what it really does mean to be a female founder and female leader in the space. Yeah, can't wait to chat to her. Nelly Swafente is the co-founder of Spring Age, a youth-led innovation consulting firm that brings together dynamic people in South Africa to find innovative solutions for multinational companies, government bodies, and NGOs. Since its founding in 2011, SpringAge has engaged more than 600 young leaders and has worked with organizations such as Microsoft, South African Breweries, South African Reserve Bank, Woolworths, PepsiCo, and Securitas. Nelly Swa's passion for strategy and innovation, along with her desire to improve the world, led to her selection as one of the World Economic Forum's Global Shapers from 2013 to 2016. Nelly has also represented South Africa at the One Young World Conference in Zurich and was selected as a Mandela Washington Fellow for its flagship program of President Obama's Young African Leadership Initiative, also known as YALI. Nelly is incredibly impressive and highly accomplished and has been recognized by many, including Destiny Magazine, as one of the top 40 under 40 trailblazers. Welcome, Nelly. We are so excited to have you join us today. Maybe to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Nelly Swahe? Hi, Tatenda. Hi, Bushi. Thank you guys for having me today. Um, so, you know, I, I normally tell people that uh, I was born in Johannesburg, and which I was. Um, I was born in Tembisa, and I, I probably say sometimes that I'm from Johannesburg. But the reality is that, like, not a lot of people are from Joburg, so my family is from the Eastern Cape. Um, in a place called Khamcha, for anybody who knows the Eastern Cape, it's in Dujwa. Um, That is where I grew up. Um, well, partly grew up, uh, but mostly grew up in Alexandra Township uh, most of my life until I was about 18 years old. So, yeah, that's kind of like my background. Um, someone the other day asked me if I could tell them about my family, and I was like, how long do they have? Because my dad... <laughs> has a lot of children <laughs> so I sometimes can't keep uh keep up um but yeah generally I've got sisters and brothers and uh, yeah that's me been well, there been there we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> most of us <laughs> well we are so excited to be talking to you today because I think you you've got such an interesting story which we 
think so many people I think can resonate with. Um, I think one of the things though is your first baby. We know you have some human babies, but your first baby, (laughs) (laughs) Um, spring age. Um, I mean, tell us about, tell us about that. What was your brainchild? What was the brainchild behind that? Um, I mean, have you always been entrepreneurial or was that something you just fell into? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Very cool question. And yes, Spring Age was my first baby. Um, So, you know, I think my entrepreneurial journey started when I was probably like 21, no, 22 years old when I I, I worked for a life insurance company called All Life Insurance. And this was a company that uh, provided life insurance for people living with HIV. At the time when I worked for that company, there wasn't a lot of talk about uh, social entrepreneurship. But um, this is what these guys were doing, right? They were providing life cover to people living with HIV. And essentially, their model was that they would um, give people life insurance if people were able to follow the adherence policy, i.e. keep themselves healthy and their viral loads are low. Anyways, I I worked with these guys, um, kind of helping them set up the training and development department um, in their uh, organization. And there were four um, engineers that um, that started this business. And they were all friends. They were friends from university. And I was so inspired by them. Um, I didn't know much about the entrepreneurial world, but um, they enabled me to go to meetings with them um, where they were, you know, um, trying to raise uh, funding for the organization they would just teach me everything that they were doing um and at that time I mean I didn't know quite a lot but I was just like taking it all in and there was something that was starting to boil inside of me where I was like geez these guys are doing something really cool that um is going to make a difference in the country but they're also making money that's really cool anyways in that kind of inspiration I um came across another organization called The Learning Company that I started working for, which was also in the learning and development space. And it was, it had a very interesting model in that they said, well, Nelly, you can work with us, but we don't have a contract. We don't have a contract for you. So we work based on trust. And I was kind of like, huh? And, and then they said, um, one of the things that you need to do is come up with your own thing that you want to do. And I was like, what kind of a job is this, you know? And um, the guys started explaining to me that, you know, um, everybody here has a thing. And and then we go to market together as a, as a group. And the group was in different parts of the world. Um, and so I had to spend a lot of time trying to think about what my thing was. And in that process, I started thinking about young people. I started thinking about, you know, what makes young people shine in the workplace? How can young people's voices be heard? But I wasn't really sure what about young people. So I started asking the questions and um, I bumped into a very old friend of mine, uh, Raylene, whom uh, we were friends in high school. So we were friends since we were 15 years old. And whilst having these thoughts in my head, um, she had done some really cool stuff um, uh, in her youth as well. And she wanted to do something for young people as well. So anyways, we started getting talking and talking and talking. And um, and then the idea of Spring Age was then born. So whilst I was kind of doing this work, it wasn't obviously an overnight process. But whilst I was doing this work, we started thinking about things like... Um, 
why there was a brain drain um, in our country or on our continent. Um, so, okay, this is not supposed to be kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm not in South Africa at the moment, but anyways, um, why there was a brain drain. <laughs> why there was a brain drain. Um, another question that we had, the National Development Plan of South Africa had just come out. And um, the question that we had was around, you know, um, where are the young people in these conversations about the NDP? And we have we had heard some stats around um, young South Africa was going to be having the youngest working population by 2025. Um, and so it was all these stats uh, that showed uh, young people in kind of like a negative way. And at that time, we were like, well, this doesn't really describe me, you know, um, um, what if we created a platform where we could bring together the most dynamic young people in our country? Let's just bring them together. Um, and Ray and I then, I mean, literally, we decided this over like one weekend and we had our friends over and at that company that I told you about that I used to work for, um, the offices used to be at the fire station in Rosebank. Um, and we invited our friends to the fire station and we just had a chat about South Africa, about Africa. Um, this may have been like 20, maybe 2010, 2011. Um, and yeah, we just had these discussions about where we wanted to see our country and our continent go. And I remember after that day, uh, my friend and I sat and we watched it at each other and we were like, oh, that was so awesome. But what a waste. What a waste it was to have the most incredible young people in one room and not create something. You know, we were just talking and we were not coming up with something. So that's where uh, kind of Spring Age was born. Uh, we were called Ray and Nels for a very long time. Uh, where we would go and speak to different people and say, we bring young people together. And people say, oh, who's we? Oh, it's Ray Nels. You know, we just bring our friends together and we talk about topics. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. And over time, that's how it kind of grew. Amazing, amazing. I was actually just laughing as well when, when you were saying that, they were saying, actually, you know, we work in trust. So my first question would have been like, does trust actually pay the bills? But okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah trusted at that time yeah <laughs> no it's actually it's so lovely to actually hear that like you know you sort of had a co-founder and a friend to sort of work, walk through this journey with you because uh, I think what people really struggle with very often is really finding people within their friend group with sort of like a common purpose and vision that they could sort of work on yeah um and it's really interesting hearing about how you really got started but like if we're going to go into the crux of it um yeah. maybe how could you tell our listeners a bit more about actual business model how how does it practically work what is a mill board it sounds very trendy but what does it actually mean okay okay so maybe let me carry on with the story so uh we <laughs> we then we then um we then uh, uh just had these like moments where we'd bring our friends together and uh we thought okay what if um all these people came together in one room and what if we could come up with ideas for our country so we then looked at the ndp because at least somebody in our country had looked at all the challenges and then we would come up with ideas for challenges right um and what we then said is that we'd just make sure we have different types of people in a room um, so um, we developed 
what um, was then called our spring age process, which was called a spring break. And it's a typical ideation process. So if you think about uh, open IDEO um, and design thinking, a lot of those kind of innovation processes, we developed a process similar to that where we would say um, we would look at a challenge and we'd get uh, the right people to come up with ideas for that specific challenge. So, um, so in, so we had um, we had three kind of rules. We'd say we needed a challenge, and we needed uh, the young people, and then we needed um, a space to go and do this. And so that was kind of like the model at the beginning. In that uh, we'd look at the challenge and then get the young people and so forth. Um, we do that for a long time, and then realize that um, from each of these processes, what would be born would be kind of like a business that would be born from these processes. Um, and then we would try and make that business work. But what we realized quite quickly was that that model didn't work because it meant that we would spend a lot of time trying to help the businesses that were born from spring age or the ideas born from spring age turn into businesses. And it meant that we were kind of not taking care of our own business and our own model. So after some time, after like doing these things and uh, coming up with these ideas and building these businesses, I mean, we thought we were building businesses at that time, um, we decided to change our model. So our model became quite clear in that we would go to big corporate organizations like uh, a consultancy and we would find a challenge that they needed uh, solving. Um, we would have a criteria in terms of what type of challenge we wanted to solve. So we would say, um, if for example, we were working with SAB, would say, we're not gonna help you uh, uh, sell more alcohol, for example, but if you are trying to make a positive change in our country, uh, we will be able to help you. So for example, SAB would give us a challenge to say, um, in order to keep our license to trade, we need to do social, um, we need to do our social responsibility. So we need ideas around programs that will help us with that. And so we would then go and recruit young people um, of uncommon connections to come together and come up with these ideas uh, for these big corporates. What was the magic was that um, we used to try and make this whole process um, have a, a um, what's the word? We try and make it uh, beneficial for the young people. So firstly, the people that would recruit to come to the process would people who have an internal motivator with the challenge that we had. So for example, sometimes someone would come to the challenge because they'd say, you know what? Um, I know someone that died from a, a car accident. So um, I'd love to come to this because I'd like to provide a solution to irresponsible drinking, for example. Someone else would say, you know, um, maybe my dad was a um, alcoholic um, and so that's why they would want to come. You know, people would have individual motivators and that's how we would invite people. Um, and then we would make sure that it's worth it for those people to meet each other. So we would have people that were really incredible and so that when they met each other, they were just like, oh my gosh, we in the space together. This is so cool. So we created a cohort of people who are interested in each other. Um, and then we would tell the corporate that they needed to do something cool for the young people because these young people didn't necessarily need money from these corporates because some of them had their own jobs, some of them had their own companies that they were running. But what kind of an experience would we create for these young people? So things like if we were working with a brewery, 
uh, would take them on those Peroni yachts and take them, you know, those kind of cool things um, that uh, maybe would be cool at those days, anyways, uh, were cool for young people. And so, yeah, that was kind of like the 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 kind of model that we had at that time and we just replicated this model doing it for different companies asking uh uh coming up with different solutions for different organizations working with different people um and another thing that we used to make sure that we did is that within each spring break was what the process was called we would invite the highest person in the organization to be in the room with those young people. Um, and so, for example, with Woolworths, we'd have Simon Suzman in the room with the young people. So in case there were any entrepreneurs who were interested to interact with Woolworths one day, they would be able to have access to that person in that process as well. So, yeah, that's how our process started. And, um, yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> It is super interesting. I love the idea of like just like the reciprocity within the process and the fact that like actually these people didn't financially need to be here, but yeah. like they felt the need to sort of um, lend the lend their voices to the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perhaps as a follow up question, a little bit, and uh -huh. you might you kind of touched on it a little bit as well already. But um, what are some of the things you wish you had known in the earlier parts of, of of sort of coming up with this business? Wow. Um, what would, I mean, I think, I think it would have been around, um, so I guess the model, right? Um, um, we could have maybe at, at an earlier point changed the model quicker. Um, but you know, when you're an entrepreneur, your idea is your idea and it's the best idea ever. And so I think just knowing that ideas don't come out fully formed, um, if I knew that rule um, earlier on, or if we had knew that rule for earlier on, it wouldn't be, it, it would have been maybe faster for us to, 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 to run our process. But you know what? Uh, I think, I think it's fine. Like in retrospect, I'm like every moment, every process uh, was what we we needed for that time. And um, we appreciate everything that we learned along the way. Um, if I would fast forward and maybe I think you're going to ask me about this fast forward, but it would be the power of negotiating higher. Um, that's something that I wish I would have known uh, a little bit uh, better. But yeah, we'll probably have that conversation in, in a few minutes. Yeah, Nelly. No, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's a really good kind of reflection and, and lesson learned. I think just reflecting on what you were saying earlier, um, one of the questions is around how easy is it to go to a big corporate and say, we've got some young people who've got some wonderful ideas, um, give us some brain space and time to listen to us. I mean, that seems, in hindsight, it, you know, you've made it seem really easy to do, um, but <laughs> I think young people, and we had Youth Day a couple of weeks ago, young mm. people, particularly in South Africa, but I think globally, don't always feel like you're not always given the time and your voices yep. always have, um, you don't always get the platform to have the opportunity. So thinking about yep. you and Raylene walking into the doors of these corporates and saying, hey, we've got a great idea. We've got some young <laughs> minds. We don't want to work on selling more alcohol. What else can we help you with? I mean, how, how do you navigate that yeah. as, a, as a process? Sure. Thanks. Thanks for that question. Um, I think... I think, I mean, you're right. Um, one of the triggers for us as well to start this uh, 
business was that we were just so irritated at listening to everyone call young people tomorrow's leaders. It was so irritating because if you looked at the facts and uh, in terms of how young our population is and and at that time, just looking at the average um, leader um, on our continent, we were just like, oh, we don't have time to be waiting. And actually people calling young people tomorrow's leaders is kind of saying, wait your turn, right? But wait until tomorrow and tomorrow sometimes never comes. So it wasn't always easy. I mean, I remember explicitly going to one gentleman, which we won't name and shame. Um, that we so, we're, we're very open to naming and shaming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Let's see, <laughs> let's see if I get brave, Bukhe. Let's see if I get brave. But um, anyways, uh, we, we, I don't want to right now, but we, 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 we then, because um, he's quite well known, but um, we went and uh, shared uh, with him the concept and what we were doing and everything and he was like excuse me I can't imagine myself giving um and in fact we hadn't even asked him for 10 million but he came up with a number because he was doing some ESD stuff but he was like I can't imagine myself giving ESD 10 million to two young girls um I, I, I can't even trust that so we would we would find ourselves in those kinds of situations where people are just blatantly tell you that uh, because you were young and because you're a woman, they would never give that kind of money to you because they didn't trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, with the, uh, with the, and, and, and how we navigated that is saying, okay, cool. Maybe our product is not for him. And we just leave him and go into the next one because we thought that the people that it resonated with were the people that we would want to work with. And so we chose, I mean, sometimes you don't have that luxury, um, but we kind of chose who we wanted to work with. And the people that understood it at the beginning were our people. Um, and we thought those kinds of people that kind of block the way in the at the beginning, those people are not the early adopters. And so at that time, those are the people that you don't focus all your energy on. And the only way to kind of win them over ultimately is by showing them success, right? Yeah. Um, and no hard feelings because you're like oh well they probably need some they probably need to learn something they've probably been scarred or whatever the, the case is so yeah that's kind of how we navigated it and and you know big corporates are another ball game uh, I know Bukhe asked me about mobile boards and and that was something that we created later on in the game but um when we got into corporate we also realized that um it was a space where young people um couldn't really navigate their space that well and um and that it wasn't conducive at times for young people to kind of voice their opinions um in a very relevant uh seriously taken way than being told yes young people can sit here and uh, let's just listen to you guys and nothing gets done with it so um that's when we created the mole board idea but um yeah we we tried to kind of just focus on the people that were our champions and 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 then got working with those guys no that absolutely makes sense um i, I think especially when you are building something and you you have momentum um it's easy to to move with those who want to move and engage as opposed to trying to convince the naysayers, you know, they'll, they'll meet you when you, when you're on the road, they didn't want to be part of the press at the beginning. So I think that absolutely makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, Switching gears and and you've mentioned corporates. Um, I guess the next phase of spring ages journey was kind of, um, well, selling to a corporate and you, (laughs) you know, you, you sold to uh, one of the biggest consulting firms, Deloitte, um, can you just talk us through that process? How did you, why was Deloitte the right partner? Did you yeah. 
is it like dating? Did you have to speak to lots of different <laughs> organizations to find the right fit? And and what about them? Why were they the right partner for you at that next stage of your growth as a business? Awesome. Nice question. Um, I mean, I think it is like dating, but we were dating up and uh, we we actually didn't. Uh, <laughs> we actually just thought, OK, um, we want to. Um, we okay firstly we wanted to grow and we wanted to think about how do we go into new markets with this idea because we had done a little bit of these spring breaks in the Netherlands and other parts of the world we were like oh you know we can't be not going into um, into the rest of Africa with um, this product and this offering okay so we wanted to grow and uh, we were saying you know growth doesn't mean we have to do it on our own so maybe we need to join venture this is the dating app part right so we're like oh we'll just ask Deloitte to join venture with us so um we were just talking about it and uh I, I think Raylene went uh once to um a conference I think it was at Gibbs where she then um heard a talk and Deloitte was speaking about the future of consulting being about collaboration and we're like oh geez this is what we are doing in fact it's collaboration but it's just in a different format because it's youth-led blah 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 um we started having a conversation and the guy that she had met there was a guy who who was in the mergers and acquisitions um, team. Um, and we started having the conversation with them. That conversation took about like two years, to be honest, because when you start your own business, it's not easy to kind of let go because initially we had thought that this would be a joint venture and we'd go to clients together and Deloitte would do a piece and we would do a piece. And that actually wasn't it. Um, it turned when Deloitte was like, well, we really like what you guys are doing and we love uh, some of the, the client spaces that you guys in. And it started it turning into an acquisition um, conversation, which we were not even thinking about, to be honest. We were thinking about growing and we were thinking about what does growing mean without necessarily thinking about, oh, for us to grow, or, oh, we need to sell our business, et cetera. Um, that process was tough it was long um we we had to we we had to make a decision with ray in terms of kind of what what it meant in terms of the authenticity of the 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 our, our idea and selling it into a big corporation why we chose deloitte is that um i think at some point we were like what do they stand for and if you've probably seen a lot of things uh, from deloitte um and their purpose is around um making an impact that matters and that's something that resonated with us um so we we're like well this is an organization that has the aspiration to be um a leading organization that makes an impact that matters and we were like well that kind of resonates with us and yeah so uh we went through the process um and we didn't have money to to kind of uh get lawyers but luckily we had lots of clever lawyer friends um, who were able to help us through the process. Um, and I think we did have someone who was doing the stuff for us pro bono. So um, that helped us in our negotiation process. And yeah, it took long, but um, eventually we decided that we would sell the business 100% uh, to Deloitte. And that's what we did. Um, and uh, for the last um, few years, we had to kind of learn how to embed 
um, the, the the product that we have into into consulting, and then came up with new products, which was the Millennial Board, which is one thing that I spoke about earlier on. And so, yeah, that that was our process. Um, obviously, much much more detail, but um, yeah, you can ask questions if you have around that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. As someone who actually well, has a background in mergers and acquisitions, like I can tell you it's not a, an easy feat. Yeah. Um, and something, something people really struggle with, to be honest, in these processes very often is really around knowing your own value and being that's able right. to, yeah. to sort of negotiate. So how did you guys sort of walk oh, around man. asking for money and going, actually, this is what we feel as if our that's business is actually worth? That was that was the hardest thing. Uh, be I, I, that was so hard because also it's intangibles, right? So sometimes as a, an entrepreneur or a startup, you've got these intangibles that you don't know what to put the value to. So it's kind of like this this game is kind of like it's a guessing game, I guess. And I guess when you when you when you get you 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 look at I guess you look at some of your assets that you have, and and then the intangibles. But then how do you put a price to that? Um, and then I guess later on, then you realize. I mean, you find out these things uh, how others were paid or and you're like yo okay i could have been better at that you know but that's a story for another day or a book um but um yeah it's it's it, it is hard um but you know at the end of the day we were we were proud of what we were able to do and so for us the story was um was what we had decided on we said you know what this story is something that's going to inspire a young person from alex or or is is from mtata so we're just like you know young people from those places can learn and can see what is possible and that makes us proud. So, uh, which, which, which then, which then for us was that okay, this is this is the beginning, you know. And so, yeah, that's 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 what made us calm about um, the the evaluation process. And <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's um, it is a journey. We can't wait to read your book. <laughs> we should read it. Sure, Data. That's out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe just one last thing, just thinking about being in a corporate. I mean, obviously, as entrepreneurs who then sold your business, um, you've described yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, what is that? And um, how do you transition from being an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. So um, as you may know, right now, I work for uh, the Deloitte UK firm. And, um, and yeah, I've described myself as an entrepreneur a lot of times because, well, entrepreneurship for me is kind of like the process of um, coming up with an idea and being able to make that idea happen. Um, and I think a lot of times in corporates, you have very smart people with lots of great ideas. And sometimes the ideas just sit somewhere. Um, and uh, because of the big processes, um, um, nothing happens with the ideas. So um, the reason why I've described myself as an entrepreneur is that um, for some reason, I've been given the permission to be able to kind of whichever space I get myself in in Deloitte is um, to be able to kind of rethink uh, whatever it is that I'm working on. And um, and I've been given the permission to do that. And so, and because I've been an entrepreneur, I get forgiveness if I do something. It's like, oh, you entrepreneur, this is how you do things. Um, so I, I, I get the the permission. So um, 
so yeah so 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 now i'm in corporate um but i i kind of uh, look after a a a certain uh, department and um i get to kind of rethink um how we go to market and um which is my strength and um yeah that's what i get to do and and i enjoy doing that so whatever the product is um but the ability to kind of work with the team and think about okay how do we reimagine what we're really doing and how do we do it differently and be able to take those ideas and make them happen um so that becomes my role in 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 corp in corporate these days nelly again i hate to even ask this because we've had a lot of males on the podcast before and this is a question we would never ask them because we live in the world that we live in but how do you really balance it all to be honest um your career the high power job the family the kids the marriage like yeah. how do you have time to yourself like how does it work Yeah yeah no it's a good question be and you know what actually it's it's a relevant one because you have to ask it because that's just how the world is right um okay um i think i think what makes it work for us for our family i think it's one that my husband and i see ourselves as a team um and um when we back when we were in south africa uh we also had uh sister uh, nora who used to help us at home who used to she, she actually gave us this concept that we were a team like everyone in our household is a team so therefore if we're a team everyone has to pull their weight for everybody else and for the bigger goal of the family and so i think the first thing would be that you kind of have uh, someone or a partner who kind of is a team member and i don't i don't have traditional woman roles in the house like cooking or that kind of thing like in a traditional sort of way but um well actually charlie cooks more than i do but uh we um we kind of like work at the family thing together as a team um and because we both have careers uh we we understand what it means um to be career people and therefore we create the space for each other to kind of try and uh, succeed in that so i just have someone in which uh we work at this together um i mean it's not easy all the time because there's this emotional guilt that you sometimes have well i have as a woman in that now that we in the uk our children go to nursery but they go to nursery from like 9 to 5 and sometimes when i go pick them up i feel so guilty i'm like oh my gosh my children have been at school the whole day like i haven't played with them or well, i'll play with them when they get back home or in the evenings or on weekends but i feel like for a very um long period of time they're at school and so i have a bit of guilt around it but i kind of have to forgive myself because um i know why they're at school they're in a place where people love them they're creating their own relationships with people i mean one is one one is one one and two months and the other one's two and a half so it's kind of hard right um but you just i don't know you just watch other moms i guess you learn you ask questions um i get nearly time so my husband and i have this thing where i always have to get nearly time and so when i'm doing nearly time he's he's with the children and then he will need his time and um and then i'll be with the children so 
I think how it works for now is the fact that we have uh, a team um, as exhausting as it is at times. Um, we know what are the things that we love. And one of the things that's important to me is my career. And so we all understand that. And we got into this understanding that. So we, we figure out how it works. So, I mean, shame our children as small as they are, we kind of tell them, Oh, mommy has to work now or mommy's on a work call. And my daughter will come and say, mommy, are you in a work call? If by my desk and then I'll say yes I'm on my work call okay I'll come afterwards um so shame but you know we try and figure out the balance gotta teach them yeah at least she knows like you want to do boss moves you gotta be on a work call like mommy hey <laughs> exactly exactly we have to be that inspiration to them um but figuring out the but you know I I don't think I think we'll I think we're learning I think we're learning about this whole balance thing and um yeah I think we just choose for the things that we want to do and then focus on those at that time, in that moment. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I think these are, these are words of wisdom that all of us could learn something from, to be honest. Um, amazing. Um, okay, so I guess maybe sort of, I guess we're, we're winding down a little bit here. Um, sort of the next thing, maybe you could just, what advice would you give to other young entrepreneurs across the continent who will look at your journey and go, actually, maybe this is something I would want to do. Well, obviously it's not specifically spring age, but like stop our own business, like yeah. expand, sell to, sell to a corporate, like what advice would you give them um, yeah. around, be it starting, be it growing, be it whatever yeah. you think is, is quite important to know from your journey? Yeah, I think I think the first thing I would say is, I mean, we hear this all the time, and it's it's that whole start by starting, um, because our ideas don't come out fully formed, right? So we don't, yeah, we don't actually know what this thing is going to end up being, um, although we have a vision for it, but we don't exactly know what it's going to look like. So we have to kind of start and learn as you go along. And so that is kind of be the first thing I would say. Um, and don't do it alone. You know, um, it's, 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 you know, having a partner for me, having Raylene and us having each other was just the most, the most, the, the, the most amazing journey of my life, because it was just that, uh, it meant that the hard times were halved between the two of us. And when we celebrated, it was a really double celebration. So um, don't try not to do it alone. Try and find someone that you can connect with, someone that you share the same values. You don't have to have the same skill. Respect that other people have different skills from you and work with those people, work with the people that you connect with. Um, and, I, I, and I would say that, you know, just... Now that I'm here in the UK and I'm just thinking about home, it's just, you know, because we have so many challenges um, uh, back in the, uh, at home, it's, it's, it's like so many opportunities are there, you know, it's ground for kind of growth um, and what a privileged position uh, for, for entrepreneurs to be in a, in a space where we can spot opportunities um, and challenges and try and solve for those challenges. So um, respect the places that you are in and, and start there because from there, then you can grow, then you can be able, if you want to sell your business, you can think about that. Um, there was something that we had read at some point after we sold our business about um, 
um, uh, building to sell. So if people are thinking about the way in which they build their business now, they can build it in a way to have assets in place so that they can be able to sell their business one day. So that's something that people can look at. And I'd say, you know, read books, uh, follow entrepreneurs. We used to buy Entrepreneurship Magazine, you know, those kinds of things um, that will inspire you in your journey because it's not as glamorous. It does get hard and uh, it's, it's um, but it's lots of fun. Um, I enjoyed it and I still do. And yeah, so that's kind of the advice I'd give to everyone out there. Thanks, Nelly. That's really, really great advice. Um, both practical, but also um, inspiring. Um, I really like that you said how like it's important to not go it alone uh, because, you know, it is it can be quite a lonely journey. But yeah. even if you aren't the entrepreneur, you know, you could find great people doing stuff to kind of back and build and partner. And so I think, you know, what that theme that you're talking about partnership is going to be so important around what young people can do, um, but yeah. collectively, you know, together. Um, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's super powerful and important. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So yeah. I guess, I mean, Nelly, just for you, I mean, so where to from here? What's next? What does, what is, what's next on the horizon for you? Well, um, so this um, adventure that I've taken is for my family. So um, in February or well, last year, we decided that we would do a family adventure. So um, I'm right now in a space where I am focusing on family for now um, in that um, we've taken this adventure to come to the UK and we're exploring giving our children an opportunity to live in a different country. Um and then um, whilst I'm here, I think one of the things is I want to learn about the, the UK, the market, like an established market and uh, the corporates uh, within this space. So um, just do a little bit of that. I think it's very hard. I don't know. I haven't really done it just being an entrepreneur and a new mom at the same time but I think it can be a very hard thing so um, I think having a little bit of stability whilst being an entrepreneur is kind of like the move that I've decided to make um, and yeah we'll see I think that's a question that's on my mind as well in terms of what's my next step we'll see I mean I'll obviously go back into the space of building or creating something new I mean I've got so many ideas every day um, my husband keeps saying, oh, God, did you, did you get tired? Because <laughs> I, just, I, just like, I, just like, I just feel like, oh, my gosh, this housing problem, it's such a problem. What if we could do this? And he's just like, don't you get tired of coming up? I'm like, they just come. And so, um, but I'm just giving my, 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 myself the space to kind of be with my family and um and 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 kind of explore um a kind of a, a established market um and then yeah and then who knows i'll come back to your podcast one day if you guys may have me and and share another story we would love that <laughs> um nelly thank you so much for your time i think it was a very educational few minutes yeah I, I feel very inspired but also it was very educational and we do look forward to having you back very very soon with your new venture if you're gonna cut if you're gonna cut us in from a shareholding perspective for free we're, we're here. We're yeah. here. i do i do need clever people so yeah i will come talk to you guys um but thank you so much uh to tenda and Bushe for having me um it's really nice speaking to you both as well mm-hmm. 
The gist is creating new African narratives through disseminating key lessons and best practices from some of the continent's leading entrepreneurs and businesses.